Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. It's been a long time since we've recorded. We're in the usual dearth just before DevCon, but I have two awesome guests today. I've got John Sindler from SeedCode and Todd Geist from Geist Interactive. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey there. Glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Dearth. We've got a couple different things. Yeah, the dearth is over. <laughs> um, we've got uh, first of all, I want to talk about the new uh, product that you guys have been working on, a new version of GoZinc. Sounds like zinc, but it's not. Yeah, which yep. is going to be shipping next week. Totally awesome. Yeah, and uh, but then our major topic of discussion is a, a shift that's happening in the FileMaker universe, um, which is away from spreadsheet conversion and towards apps. And I'm really excited to hear your perspective on that and to disprove your points one by one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, that's worth talking about for sure. Because because there's no way the three of us are going to agree on something like that. I mean, come on. No. So let's talk first about uh, GoZinc. What's uh, what's exciting? Well, we've been working for a while on a new version, and um, it's uh, we're really excited about it. And the, the neatest thing about it is that the integration, the the adding of GoZinc to a, a a FileMaker Go or a FileMaker Pro file that you already have got a lot simpler. Um, and it got so much simpler that we think we can support a free version of GoZinc. So that's what we're going to be announcing um, next week. Is both this new capability, new version, simpler integration, and then a whole new pricing model where there's a free version um, called LowZinc, kind of a midline version called MoZinc, and then the current shipping product, that feature set, is going to become ProZinc. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty slick. Awesome names, too, by the way. Hey. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> MoZinc. I love that one. Yeah. And then you there's one for, one for karate stores called DojoZinc. <laughs> Someone is making that, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah, it'll be cool. Um, and it, it's kind of the same mission as before, right? Like, it's, you can stitch it onto FileMaker Go files that you already have. They don't have to share schema in common with what's up on the server uh, or your host. And you can get in there and modify the sync to suit workflow. So it's a little more unlocked than the current shipping product, a lot more open in that we're doing more logging and instrumentation. It's really for developers to make their, their work and kind of crafting apps um, easier. And that's what's kind of led us to start, to start watching the way FileMaker is starting to talk about apps. Yeah. Is this uh, 12 only or 11 and 12? It is 12 only. Um, and the, cur- the free version will have some limitations. The free version is only going to support syncing a single table occurrence um, up to 35 fields. And that will require... Uh, the same field and table occurrence names, both on the mobile device and on the server. The files don't have to be the same. Well, I but, would submit that because uh, Go 12 is free, that, yeah. that developing anything for Go 11 kind of makes no sense. It's I mean, tough. I was, that was one of the things that went into our, into our thinking about it. And there's, just, there's also a lot of things that we can do easy, much more easily in 12 than we can in 11. So it just kind of made sense to make that, that call. Yeah, probably using a ton of Execute SQL, aren't you? We are using it quite a bit, although not as much as you might think. There are some things that that we want to do sort of in a in a more traditional FileMaker sense. And this is actually a really, really key point of, of, of this whole this whole model. Um, it's scriptable and we wanted it to stay scriptable even for people who may not be, you know, super SQL experts yet. So that meant that for doing things like finding the records that you want to sync, that you want to have come down to your to your mobile device, that um, that we we didn't want to do that with SQL because sure. that's you know it's cool it's very cool and we use it all over the place but in that area we wanted to make 
the uh, make that that logic as straight FileMaker as we possibly can. That makes sense. Plus, there's really yeah. you know the the executable SQL doesn't really have a huge performance advantage um, compared to go to layout, enter find mode, set field, perform find. Really yeah, I mean it can. It depends on the scenario, but we did discover interestingly enough that that uh, execute SQL uh, over three G. If you have a file open over the network over three G, it's is actually a lot slower. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know what that's from, but it's weird. Yeah, huh. Todd found it seems to degrade like out of all proportion to uh, based on signal volume. So like you would think if if all the other routines in your solution are like twenty percent slower over three G. The execute SQL shit is way slower over three. Yeah, like five or ten times slower. Hmm. Um, yeah, so so there were some reasons to stick with some of the native FileMaker stuff, but but primarily, you know, we are really concerned with with making sure that this stuff remain accessible to to FileMaker developers. This is not a black box. It's intended for them to be able to build on top of and to sort of take it to the next level and create something of their own with it. So uh, yeah, a lot of if there are options, we have basically have two sort of different ways that we do options. We have a nice UI where you can flip a few switches and change the sync behavior, but but a lot of it can be modified by by just writing FileMaker scripts. So using the the skills that that you already have. Cool. And then so um, Go is free, or uh, the um, what's the entry level free sync? Low zinc. Low free. And then how much is Mo zinc? You know, we will probably nail that down um, by the time we ship. It's going to be somewhere around half of what the current shipping product is. And the current shipping one's fifteen thousand dollars per seat <laughs> per day. That's that's why we have the leisure to talk to you yeah, like this. Per, seat right. per day, yeah. I think, right? Or is it by half day now? <laughs> You're the one who's spending all your days off on the road, man. That was a lead-in to the actual price to help out the host who doesn't remember the price of your product right there. Ah, that's okay. It's, um, <laughs> it's $399 plus $129 per connected device. And we're hoping to come down with, with MoZinc to be about half that. Okay. Um, that's still and, really reasonable even for the ProZinc version. Yeah. I mean our, our, our customers seem to have found that. Um, Again, you know, GoZinc is not for when you just want to be working at home one weekend, right? You just want to take your data out of the office occasionally. Yeah. GoZinc is for when you're building an app. You're building yeah, apps. Yeah. They're disconnected. You need some workflow. And there's value there. So, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not 99 bucks. And even though Go for 12 is not, like, perfect, it's not like replacing building an app with, uh, with Objective-C by any means. It's still vastly better than the old one. I th- I f- it feels so much faster and more responsive. And so many of the little things that were annoying to me in the older version that were really kind of small, like if you had a radio button that was on, on a field that was, say, 18 pixels high or whatever, 24 pixels high, you couldn't reliably click it in the old version. And they totally fixed that. And no one's really talking about the hundreds of little things like that that they've fixed. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, comfort and solidity has come a long way. You know, we're still pining for gestures and some other things. Oh, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It's funny, you know, like developing in Go is kind of frustrating sometimes until you compare to, it to writing in Objective-C. And then you're like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is, this, this is something that, that, that bears a little discussion here. Um, yeah, I mean, writing something in Objective-C, you certainly could end up with something that's very slick. But... But we lose sight of the fact that um, what what database apps are primarily about is data. And once you start dealing with the volume of data that you do in a normal, even a, even a simple FileMaker Go app, 
that just is so much more difficult in anything other than a FileMaker because in FileMaker, we get all of the data binding for free. We get all the refreshing of data for free. If you're building that in Xcode, you have to write all that stuff. Oh, you can't totally. just throw a field on a layout. You got to wire it all up back and uh, yeah. forth to the database. So I'm glad you brought it up. I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, for for a database app, I mean, being able to connect to and have the, a really easy way to search and a, and a amend and append a huge volume of data. It's there's I can't imagine a faster, better way to do that. Yeah, yeah. you know it's funny. I was I was talking to somebody the other day about a, a little PHP thing we're doing, and he says, "Well, you know, I think once we once we get this done, we'll we'll have a search, and we'll we'll have to come up with some behaviors about what the advanced search does and what what it looks like." And I was like, I was like what are you talking about?" And the the advanced search, man, just go. Na- I mean, that's what FileMaker does so well. Yeah. Put a, put a bunch of fields on there and let the advanced search just be like straight up FileMaker. Sure. Um, yeah. Take have a script that goes to find mode. Users yeah. click into the field. Definitely. Or you know, use FM search results. But plugs. But you know that we are taking a few things from like the you know the apps environment. I mean, one of the things that's not so handy about um, FileMaker Go is how you get files on and off your device. And so, you know, rather yes. than having to use email or iTunes or anything like that, GoZinc has file deployment built in. You know, you're working in your FileMaker file on the desktop. You run a script. It packages it up to GoZinc on the server. And then your users can download and clobber their existing versions right within their app. It, f- it feels very App Store, right? Yeah. Check for new version, download new version. And I, I think a lot of developers are just kind of relieved that they... Can, can can actually get their great idea out to their users without having to, you know, babysit every single deployment. Yep, love that. That's yeah. awesome. And then yeah, also updates, right? I mean, we deployed a FileMaker Go app, and there was a little bug in one script that one field wasn't getting set at all because we just, you know, made a human error. And yeah. it was, you know, it was a field that we didn't want to lose. Um, so we had to individually redeploy that out to everybody, and this would have solved that problem. Yeah, yeah. and, there, you know... Having done this a few times now, we run into situations where people have been emailing files around or doing some other or iTunes, and um, and they often end up with a duplicate copy of the file. Yep. And and users don't always notice that it's you know it's invoices one, invoices copy two, etc. There's data in there, and how do you There's, get it back? Yeah, and yeah. and and you don't they don't know what version that they're in anymore, and. Yep. So it's really important that when you send out a new version of your app that it's the only one that ends up on the device and there's not duplicates. What are the other big features in the new version? Well, um, you know, we're still, we're still based on the FileMaker transaction uh, processing stuff that, that I've been working on for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that we think is also very important when it comes to updating related records. So if you send up an invoice with related line items and you have changes in, in those line items and in those invoices, it's not possible for those changes not to make it entirely. Like, like there's no way that you can get just the invoice records in and, and, and not the line items or vice versa. So we still have that. Um, it's a, still a very, very key part of our architecture. So we're transactional. So if something says it goes up, went up, if it went up, it did go up entirely. Yeah, no it's, it's no half invoices. Yeah, that's a very big problem that you're solving. Yeah, it's a big important. one. It's yes, a big it one because people don't always know why, you know, something just didn't work. They look at it and they say, "Well, this field's not right. Why?" 
it's funny you see it right you see this in your own solutions every once in a while right there's a total that doesn't quite match or there's a wreck and you're like well it happens rarely enough that you but man it happens rarely enough because you're on a land where your server stays up i know well actually i mean i was looking at something today with a client where one user who's a full access user clicked a button to make an address which runs the script to pop up a window and make an address and then you know show it and it wasn't working and it worked for me it didn't work for them i'm like I don't know. I tried to debug the script. The script looks super simple. I still don't know what caused it. I, you know, I have to spend some time uh, debugging it tomorrow. Yeah. When I should be blowing things up on the Fourth of July. <laughs> exactly. Just keep your hands behind your back. Um, uh, you know, the other yeah. thing we changed a lot is um, we've introduced uh, two things that are kind of kind of cool, especially to people who've used the current version. One is there's a GUI now that follows the integration with a bunch of kind of green checks and little caution icons that says, hey, did you wire this up correctly? Did you, there's, there's not much you have to do, but you have to import some scripts into your file. So we use the design functions to read your file and make sure they're there. Um, and we look at the relationship graph in our file to make sure that you wired your stuff up. Um, but the other big change is we introduced field-level merge. So if you have, um, if on your iPad, for example, you have a, an inspection record and you have 30 photographs of some building and you just change the caption on one photograph, when you sync, we're only going to send the caption. Nice. We're not going to send all 30 photos again, which is, is useful in two ways. One is it keeps the sync size down, so when you're over 3G, you know, it's actually usable. Um, but also, if there may be somebody else editing records, um, you know, we're not going to clobber the whole record once it gets back to the server. We're only going to clobber the field that you changed. Um, yeah, so, and I think- so, so this really helps for, for scenarios like contacts. You know, if you... And, yeah. and that's, that's a type of record that generally more than one person will have on their iPad and they're editing. So if I edit a phone number and John edits the first name of the same record, both of our changes are going to make it back because we merge them together. And uh, that's, you know, that's awesome. That way it's not, it isn't just a whole record that, that gets thrown up and then clobbers whatever changes got made. Yeah. So like if you have uh, uh, a, a record that has a value list that has five options and one user clicks two options and one user clicks one that's different, the three will join together? No, also, not in that case. I wouldn't yeah, think so. so. That would be like really hard. That's the same field. <laughs> right, so we're yes, field yes. level merge. So in other words, if, if, you edit, if, if two users edit different fields on the same record, right. both of those edits both will those be respected. Set, yeah. That's, that's yeah. all that's the, – the solution or the, the problem that I threw out there was unrealistic. I just wondered if you'd actually solve that one too. Well, we think, you know, the thing is though, it's, you know, since it is unlocked, I mean, you could get into our, you know, open our script and write an if statement for that particular field and sequester every user's change or, or yeah. change, change the behavior of that field so that instead of writing to the field, you append to the end of the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, you actually, could, uh, or you could model it correctly and not use a, uh, <laughs> uh, a checkbox field and right. actually put them in related values maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's a good point though because, because there, are, there are fringe cases, right? There, there always are. And that's a big part of, of why um, – of, of the fact that it's an app and not just, not just replicating data between two databases. There are times when data needs to get changed on the way in or the way out. And because it's a FileMaker script – and because you know it's easy to find out exactly what field is about to get set, you can always put your own logic on top of that and say, "Oh, this is mm-hmm. the this is that checkbox field. I need to do I need to handle this one a little differently. All the rest of them I can handle the default built-in way, but this one field needs to be done differently. So I can just put an if statement in my FileMaker script and just 
do whatever I want to it. Yeah. Cool. And and that and, and that edit is not or or that change that you make is not breaking it outside of the transactional processing that we're doing. So you're still within the transaction. So you don't run the hmm. risk of breaking any of the stuff that we do. You just it just gets done. I'm dying to get my hands on this. Dude, I think you I think you will like it actually. It's 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 very it's very kind of developer centric. Yeah, you'll you'll get a kick out of it. Looking forward. So it's been my take sort of with the iPad in general that the 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 mix of work that you do with an iPad with relation to what you just look up versus what you actually edit is quite different than what you would do with a computer. Are you finding that with deployed apps? Uh, well, sometimes you, know, you get apps that are pure reference apps. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, there's pure. You'd almost never have a pure reference filemaker database on a on a um, notebook, right? Well, if we were to look at the integrations that we've done over the last year with the shipping version of Gozink, uh-huh. it's not reference. People are making shit. Yeah, they're making a lot of data. Um, they're inspecting things. They may they may get um, a work order request from the server. Go to that address, make a bunch of related records about it, take a bunch of photos, edit a bunch of shit, send it back. They're, they're really making data. In fact, I don't think we've deployed a single – Todd, correct me if I'm wrong. Have we done any reference-only stuff? No, and that's because there's really not a problem for reference apps, right? I mean, right, I mean right, if right. you have a FileMaker database, you just, you just make it downloadable, and they, it's downloadable, and that's it. It's all you got to do. So it's really about the – the creation and editing of records that you get from the server or send up to the server. Right. I guess I'm, what I wasn't looking at is the distribution of apps overall, but like individual customers who use the data that like if they had that same exact application on the desktop, they would, they would edit 30% of the app. But if they had that same app on the iPad, they would edit only 10% of. Oh the, yeah. You're so right. Right. The, the iPad experience is very focused. That's right. So you're, you know, the, the reporting engine is gone and all sorts of stuff is gone and just, just what they're kind of what they need right then. They're using a very small portion of the interface, and so this idea that I remember, you know, I remember th- two and a half, three years ago, I was up at DevCon speaking and said that most people are going to have identical files on the iPad and and the host because it's that's the most efficient code base. You said that, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, it takes time to learn things, but yeah, that's completely wrong. You want these yeah. very tight, mission-specific apps on your on your iOS device, right? You always chide me because when something comes out and I make these bold predictions about what's going to happen with it, you go, you know, it's too early. You can't make predictions about it. You're not saying I'm right or wrong. You're just saying it's too early, and you're you know, about that. You're right. Yeah. Well, you should have listened to yourself. It was certainly too early for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all thought that, right? When when Go first came out, we said, oh, this is going to be Fantastic! We just have one app. We can run it on on each device, and we just can change a few layouts that need to be, you know, different. They need to be smaller. That's what I thought. We just right. we just make a couple layouts smaller, and you'll be fine. I guess that makes sense. But then you sort of realize that the way that mobile applications work, separate from FileMaker, and have worked separate, you know, in, in the rest of the world, is totally different. That's right. And so we, totally we we're following that trend yeah. really. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, we could take some of these lessons back. I mean, how many people have solutions where you, you open up some solution and you arrive at the first order in an orders table that was created in 2002 and <laughs> you scroll to the end? <laughs> I, I, I guess, but I really never build solutions like that for any of my clients. But yeah. Well, you're a badass, but well, you know. no, I, mean, I just like a head. I like a main menu with a yeah. portal that shows you recent things. Right. Yeah, and I have a I have a tab that says, "What did you actually look at today?" You know, 
by the way, one of the ideas that I'm thinking about uh, for maybe for another version of search results is something that keeps track of all the records you view. This is actually sort of a Backmagic link. Okay. So Backmagic keeps track of breadcrumbs of different places you've been in different tables. Okay. Imagine if every time you view a detail screen of a record, you can look at a list of them and it tells you the table that it was and what record it was, and you can just click on it and go right back to it. And the time. I want the time. Yeah, and the time. Yeah. And I what want if, it back to like yeah. to like 2001. It's kind of like if, <laughs> if, if Backmagic and search results had a baby, that's what it, what it would be. <laughs> an angry, angry baby. <laughs> no, you know, I, I mean, I like that idea. It's kind of like the history in your in your browser. It's like, where did I see yeah. that? And you can go look and find it. I think our users yeah. also want they. I, I would love to know what my other users are doing. Like, I don't. I don't just want to see my my strings. Sure. This is this is metadata. Yeah, I want to see what my other users are, are. You know, what did what did Todd look at today for those three hours when he was ostensibly working? Sure. Well, we you know in in public health we actually have to do reviews of different users of a system to find out what they're looking at. Yeah. And to make sure that they're not looking at things that they shouldn't be and, and looking at people's records that they shouldn't be. That's the thing I love about about your your Oregon client, you know, the Oregon Department of Public Health. Co- good customers will pull you to places you'd never go. Yes, definitely. I would never write shit like that. It's but. really hard to be willing to go there, but you've got to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to talk about uh, on GoZinc before we transition into our app discussion? No, it's it's GoZinc.com. Nothing else. It's beautiful. <laughs> so, did you uh, you mentioned that you'd sense that FileMaker's making some changes, like on their site, that they're sensing this change and they're really trying to to go in this other direction. Well, I don't, I'm not sure we know like whether they've sensed it or whether they're just looking around for for um, you know keywords to pull the search engines in. I'm certainly going to ask some folks at DevCon about about this, but there definitely is some different language on the website than 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 I think than certainly I've ever seen. I think John John and I were both looking at it and would, and would agree that that um, there are some new keywords that were never there before. Yeah, so to, to kick it off, what, what really got me about this is if you go to FileMaker.com and there's, there's a little um, slideshow on the front, the third slide is a screenshot of about 16 iPads and iPhones laid out on a table with a different little app running on each. They look really nice. I actually wish this was my screenshot. They did a great job. Yeah. And the tagline is easily create and manage custom business apps for iPad and iPhone. And what seems new to me there is FileMaker's using the word app. They're saying, you know, we're, we are an app creation platform um, and create and manage. Yeah. It you know, is interesting is, because they really avoided the word app in the past. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I get that, right? Apple, the App Store. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, especially when you're trying to get Go approved in the early days, right? Um, but, and so I think Todd and I are both looking at this and we're like, you know, is this a wag that, you know, wag the dog moment where marketing is clued onto something that maybe engineering hasn't fully bought or vice versa, or I, I don't know, but it's new. Right. And I like it. I like the word app. Um, yeah. And there, and there, there are some more, um, there's some more words on that page. If you drill into that, into the page that has all the detail on that, they, they talk about a, a comprehensive development environment. Yeah. And you know, that is not, phrase that I don't think I've ever heard FileMaker use before in their marketing. Because um, it's, you know, I mean, comprehensive development environments mean certain things to people who actually use them, like, yeah. like Eclipse or Visual Studio or things like that. Mm-hmm. 
Those are comprehensive development environments. Yeah, they use and, the word platform too, complete platform for yes. iOS business apps, and they've really kind of avoided the platform, the P word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they kicked that around, and they tried it a few times, but I don't think they were ever really comfortable with it. And, and, but on that page anyway, they're, they're really being upfront. They're saying that this is an app-building platform. And you know, it may be that this is just because apps are the buzzword, and, and that's Absolutely why they're, right. they're putting it all over the place. But, but we think it, has, it could have some far-reaching uh, connotations or far-reaching effects because apps – and the the um, the idea of an app, the, the concept of an app, what an app is, what it takes to build an app, is very different than I think how FileMaker viewed themselves for many years, which essentially was um, we have to beat Excel. Well, Todd and, had Todd had a great contrast with this earlier today. We were joking around about this. He's like, you know, let's compare these um, screens on the website to the Bob the Boat Builder campaign from a few years ago. We have a business card that says. So and so, you know, Baker, Baker's crossed out database developer. Yep. Um, so what's the what's the message? So who made these sixteen screenshots that I see laid out on these iOS apps on these iOS devices? And is yeah. it the Baker who crossed out his title and wrote database developer? Not a single one of them. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at them all now. They're 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 all the FileMaker sample apps. And every single one of them, you know, I'm looking at is pretty complex. With maybe one exception of a simple graph. There's some sexy stuff on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I would, if this was on the Seed Code site, I'd be super proud of this. It's very, I think they did a really nice job. But so who are they talking to here? Who creates yeah. and manages business apps? Is it the knowledge worker with a, with a spreadsheet they wish they could share? No, it's not. I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I mean, and that, that's, that's my, my, my current take on it is that I, and again, I don't know whether they've realized that's what they're saying, and they may not, and they may argue the point. But, but uh, somebody who builds apps is a very different person with different skill sets than somebody who has a spreadsheet they want to share three times a month. So maybe it's the medium-sized business with you know five to fifty employees that actually has someone who's there for part-time or full-time who's an employee who has interest and skill in databases. You know, I have a lot. We have a lot of clients like that, right? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And, yeah. And, and that person has skill. They're not at, maybe at our level of, of obsession with FileMaker, but they're certainly to the point where they can make a, a real app that's really useful. And then when they need to hire a consultant, they can they can bring a big gun in to solve some particular problem. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that's certainly uh, what I've always felt was the sweet spot for FileMaker. I'm I. Again, you know, we're we're sort of making some of the stuff up. We don't know. We haven't been in all their internal conversations, obviously. But my take has always been that they really just wanted to be an Excel beater. And I always thought that their that their sweet spot was what you just described, Matt. Was it somebody who catches the bug and then and then keeps going and and gets at some point becomes a pro? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I I think you know if if you change your target, if your target is Excel, then we get. Quite frankly, silly features like table view, and, and you which know I that never, I, I don't use in any of my solutions. Do you which guys? nobody that I know uses. You and know. you know, we do have to pause here and ask, right? If here we are, FileMaker twelve, right? Design surface themes. If that shit is so great, how come a new file splashes to table view? Yeah, exactly. Huh, good point. Yeah, I, some, I, I tweeted that a while back, or I don't know, I was in some tweet conversation about it. And I'm forgetting now, now who tweeted back, but he, but he said, yeah, the first impression is this is a second-rate spreadsheet. Right, yeah, <laughs> and, I, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, which is like, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is not FileMaker strength. It is not a spreadsheet. 
if table view is any is any evidence that that clearly was on their radar as something they needed to do and again i use it for backdoor data views of things where i want to just be able to look at stuff i'm debugging and yeah, and, um, yeah. and that's it but yeah. i i never would expose that to users and i don't know anybody who does so here's the yeah, here's the interesting thing do for right? like very small number of users right two or three users of someone who actually really did convert a complex series of spreadsheets, yeah. that's a good use for it, right? Because the user is really comfortable and familiar with it. Even though they're doing a lot of their work in form view, yeah. it still has some utility for that. But if you've got 50 or 100 or 300 users, no way. So if you're replacing Excel, you make table view. If you're an app creation platform, you, what do you make do? what? Lists and portals. Or version control. Yeah. Or search and replace, find and replace in your code. Right. I mean, what, you know, if, I mean, th- this is what I mean about wag the dog, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how, how fully baked into the, into the, into the strategy this, this app creation platform is, but it could be exciting. Yeah. The, the thing about this that seems the most kind of emotionally resonant to me is that when I started, you know, David Knight has this great thing about how we all used to replace paper. You know, you would go in, you would capture all the paper the business had, and you would make database layouts that match the paper. That was kind of the, the business, right? But way, really? back in the, way back in the day. I choose to block that memory <laughs> <laughs> because I've always hated making a form on screen look like the paper one because the paper one was only built that way because of the limitations of 8.5 by 11 uh, paper. Hey, uh, absolutely, right? Anyway, <clears throat> and customers to this yeah. day still ask to have the same layout as the paper form. But but there was something that happened back then where I could show you know my wife or a friend some layout I made and they'd be like what you made that like you made some software and it, and it was this whole thing that like yeah I could make software and buttons do stuff and we moved to layouts and it was just this kind of magic that we had and somewhere in the last few years right the ability to make software went completely um, grassroots and now anybody can grab a WordPress site and effectively make software and the magic of what what I did kind of faded away. And what I like about this idea of making apps is that this brings it back a little bit, right? Like, yeah, anybody, you know, anybody can make a WordPress site and make something interactive, but we make apps for iOS. And they look, and you know, when I get my shit dialed in, they look and behave really well. And that's kind of magic. And I think there is something compelling about saying to people who are getting into FileMaker and getting, getting their feet wet and saying, you know, yeah, this will let you make apps. No Xcode, no App Store. No hurdles. Yeah, yeah that's true. It, it's, definitely, it, it's definitely very interesting. I mean, some of the things I think about when, when you say apps as opposed to, to Excel, for example, like Excels don't have on open scripts, right? They don't, they don't, have, they don't have on closed scripts. They don't, they don't have workflow that goes around it. They don't yeah. have all this. I mean, they have, they have VB scripting and there are some things you can do there, but, but there's not a workflow. There's not script maker. Um, and an app has like a life cycle, right? It starts up, it presents its... Yeah. It's face to the user. Sure, the user sure. does what they do. It does things in the background. It completes some tasks. It runs and processes data, and then it shuts down. So that's like its, its, its runtime um, life cycle. But an app also has a development life cycle. It's, it goes through like a prototype phase. It goes through um, a beta testing phase, and it's a deployment phase. Right? A comprehensive development environment, if we take the industry standard meaning of those words, has a lot of tools in it that we don't yet have in FileMaker. And my hope and dream and wish is that they live up to that comprehensive development environment and they give us, they give us the ability to do version control. Because in a development cycle for an app, 
Mm-hmm. You need that. It's really important. And anybody coming from, from Visual Studio or Eclipse or any other development environment is going gonna, is gonna to want that. So if we're really going to sell, if FileMaker is really going to target apps and they're really going to say you can make apps, then the competition is now Visual Studio, Xcode, Accelerator, all these you know, integrated development environments uh-huh. that end up producing software at the end of the day, not Excel. Those are two very, very different targets. Yep, that's true. I don't, I don't even really think about Excel anymore. I, yeah. I don't think anybody, none of the clients that I work with with FileMaker really think about it in that space anymore. None of them are starting to projects from converting Excel spreadsheets anymore Yeah, in, in my world. Yeah, and you know, I, I was thinking about this too the other day. It's like back, back, back when FileMaker started, um, back then there, there, weren't that many, there weren't that many kinds of applications, right? You had, you had spreadsheets, you had word processors, you had graphics programs. You had you had uh, desktop databases like FileMaker and Helix and and 4D and all those guys that were around back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and if you were a small business and you wanted some custom software, I mean, your only option was to build it with something like FileMaker. It didn't exist, right? There were there were no web services. There was no FreshBooks. There was no Salesforce. There was no Basecamp. There was no Google Docs. None of that stuff was there. So the 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 place for FileMaker as it's as it was as it was back then was huge because a small business could build something that um, really was unavailable to them in, in any other way. Flash forward till today, and all those other options are there, and those are those are the competition for FileMaker's old view of we have to beat Excel. Now that competition isn't Excel. The people who needed that. To you know, to run their businesses, are now looking at things like Salesforce, FreshBooks, Basecamp, QuickBooks Online, etc. And that is a, again a very, very different target. And I, I and I'm really hopeful that FileMaker has decided that um, they need to redirect their efforts and and take on that that uh, new direction because I don't think it's going back. I think we're yeah. only going forward. Oh, yeah, with you're right. Stuff. Yeah. You know the and big I, signal I, for. Go ahead. Man. I really want to connect more to those things. I mean, I'd love to connect to FreshBooks and, and Google Docs directly. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, right. You know, Dropbox. Just, I've been I've been searching for a really cool, meaningful way to use Dropbox as a way to get stuff around in FileMaker for a long time, as you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the the signal for me on this was um, earlier this year, Groupon, or I guess maybe the end of last year, Groupon bought OpenCal. Now, OpenCal is a, a scheduling app that let uh, like if you were a hair salon, you could log on to OpenCal, load up your stylists, load up their schedules, and your customers could make appointments online and find out when Tina was available for color. Um, so Groupon bought OpenCal so that now when you run a Groupon, you can use their software to manage this influx of traffic and let people book your limousine service or book massages or book hair. And it just struck me that like you know, if I had a small business like that that was service-oriented – there's no freaking way I would build my own software. I mean, when, some, when something like that is available, it's tied into my customer's reservation, tied into their Groupon. I mean, that, that's the competition. Yep. Right. And, but but it, there, there is a huge, huge place for, um, for an app builder that integrates really well with the world of Salesforce and FreshBooks and OpenCal and Google and all that stuff. Because to do that now, to string together a couple of web-based services – uh, into something that maybe is a little bit more than you get from those guys out of the box is pretty yeah. tough to do. No, so absolutely. In, in some ways, the web stuff, although it's cheaper and available, 
I mean, I mean, Basecamp is never going to add a feature for you. Ever. <laughs> That's right. Actually, I don't think Basecamp's ever going to add a feature. I hate Basecamp. I hate Basecamp. In fact, in their last <laughs> rev, they, they made a lot of stuff really pretty, but they took away time tracking. Yeah. They took it away. Uh, now, now yeah. you know, they had what I think are actually some good reasons for doing it. Whatever. But, but the point is, is that, <laughs> don't care. Is that in, <laughs> blah, in blah, some blah, ways, blah. in some ways, we're now, there's now this tyranny of the web service because honestly, you know, you say, hey, I can build you uh, an invoicing system in FileMaker. And it would cost you know X dollars to buy all the server to buy all this stuff, or you can use Freshback. You, you can use FreshBooks for twenty bucks a month. That's but, true. But FreshBooks is only going to do it FreshBooks way. It's not going to do it any other way. So having something that would let us integrate really well with that world, but still give us all the workflow and the beautiful, the, the beautiful uh, way that we can manipulate the data that we want in the methods that we want, that is is. Gold. That's a gold mine. And yeah, my well, hope is that FileMaker is moving in that direction. Well, imagine a workflow like this, right? Imagine if we had um, a, a company that had sales reps out in the field, and they would sell stuff to their clients. And they'd, they'd go out with an iPad, and they'd show stuff in the iPad, and they'd take orders with the iPad, and the customer would say, oh, yeah, I want this, this, this. Um, and uh, and then they could actually push a button that would that would upload that record back to the FileMaker server. Which would then use FreshBooks to take to do what it does perfectly, to send a PDF invoice to the client who could then set up their own account on the FreshBooks site for that client, pay it, see the invoices they paid, see what's outstanding. Yeah, you know that's that's the the vision I'm. I think one for. of the interesting things here is that I think a lot of developers hear that and say, "Okay, I can I can connect those dots, right? I can envision hitting the Fresh, FreshBooks API. I kind of know what plugin I would use to do that. I can envision this, envision that, and the other thing." I think what we have here is this collision between what the end user expects and what it takes to get it done in FileMaker. It's like it's not just guys like Todd Geist and Angela Lucci and that that want to connect to FreshBooks. It's every user. But currently you have to be Todd Geist or Angelo or somebody who's like hot yeah. to actually get it done. Hotter than me. <laughs> and that's what's well, you know, that no, was the backstory. No, hotter than me. <laughs> um, and that seems like a kind of a weird thing. Like the user, exp- I mean, it's been this way forever, right? The user expectations are skyrocketing as we struggle to catch up. But, but in particular, this idea of talking, of getting two apps to talk to each other. You know, I, I used to say this about FileMaker Server, right? If 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 FileMaker is for the folks that don't have IT support, how come you have to be, um, you know, a rock star sometimes to get the admin console to work? And if, if FileMaker is for folks who don't have IT support, how come you have to be a rock star to get to talk to, to FreshBooks? Yep. Yeah, so, I well, mean, there, there are clearly some gaps that, that, we, that we haven't met here. I feel like we've been a little bit down on, 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 on FileMaker 2 in this, in this last little bit because it still, it's still, to me, has the, the perfect blend of, 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 um, of ease of use and power for what I want to get done. And I just really want it to be opened up a little more. I'd like it to have to have more developer tools so that we can manage our code better, yeah. because that's really really important. And I want more connectivity. But I want the, there's a there's a there's a secret sauce to FileMaker, which which I think we all know what it is. We sometimes have a hard time describing it in words because I'm not, I'm not sure there's a language for it that that really exists. But there's something about this ability to have a WYSIWYG form that you can that you can see your data in. And that you can drive around that the, that 
that database, switching from layout to layout, and manipulate the, your data in this in this script maker environment. Yeah, that's it's it's got the right. You 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 don't have to be a CSS wizard, an HTML wizard, to write those layouts, and you don't have to be uh, a PHP, Java, JavaScript, um, Groovy, whatever person to write those scripts. True. What what you can do is focus on the two things that are really most important about databases. One is what it looks like, so I can design the right user interaction, and two, what happens to the data. Yeah. Those are only the only concerns that an app maker really needs to deal with. And honestly, none of the other things that are out there that I was talking about before, yeah. Visual Studio, all those other yeah. things, App yeah. Accelerator, none of those have that because no they way. They ask you to go way into this level of detail, which is all about, yeah, but how do I get the data back and forth from the server to my client? And that's a yep. huge mess. And we, don't, we don't have to worry about that with FileMaker at all. And, and so, you know, you're right. I mean, it's, it's an amazing tool. And now we can do this stuff you know, on iOS, which is fantastic. I remember sitting in on this meeting in Seattle where um, the guys from Omni were talking about um, persistence. And they were like, you know, the problem with our, our iPad app is that whenever we edit an event, we have to make sure that the event wasn't destroyed in another thread before we come to edit it. So exactly. It was this, this hour-long <laughs> thing, right, on object persistence. And I'm kind of, I'm just like slack-jawed at the back, like, oh, right, I am not a programmer. <laughs> These guys have real problems. I just make forms and put fields on them, and it all works. Yeah, true. Pretty much. I mean, and, and, but, but I think that's the sweet spot, right? Because, again, the, that other stuff... That other stuff does not, for the most part, change how you would build an application, right? The the way in which it's persisted to the database, or the way in which that data is sent over to the over the wire to you, almost never comes into play in in our world where we're where we're dealing with this. I mean, sometimes with the WAN it does, and certainly with doing some really complex stuff like where performance really matters, you have to pay attention to that stuff. But for the most part, we don't. So why should we burden users with that with with all that? esoteric knowledge that they don't need true and i still feel that filemaker has that the right sweet spot there um i just you know again want to see those tools step up a little bit and actually become a comprehensive development environment that can connect to the world so what do you think i mean do you think that this is um you know this use of the word app the use of the word development environment is that does that reflect a a, a change in, in engineering mandates or is that just paint on top i don't know but i'm i'm definitely going to try to find out at defcon this is why we go to defcon right <laughs> exactly so you, you go, this to, is why we go to, to defcon to see what's what's really happening yeah so because if, if i if i get a chance to sit next to ryan rosenberg you can bet i'm going to ask that question <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um, i really want to know because i mean it matters to us right i mean we're out here we're out here um trying to uh support filemaker developers i mean that it's something that that I've learned from from John in a big way is that is that the the sweet spot for doing what we do for being a professional developer professional filemaker developer I think is to build things in the in the way that John builds them which is which is um, he uses this word co-production where you develop something and the user takes it to the next level they they finish it they customize it for their use and and I think that is just an amazing thing that you can't get anywhere else, and and so we should play to that. And so we're, we're so we're out here trying to support FileMaker developers to be able to do that, to give them tools which they can use to take to the next level, take to the next level. Whether it's it's a calendar 
whether it's FM Chat that John just released or whether it's GoZinc or GoDraw that, I, that I've had out for a while. It's these tools that, that we say, here, this we think is useful. We've given it to you the best that we can now. Now you go and make it your own. And that's a magic spot, man. I love to work in that space, and I think I think that's what is is um, is just so so powerful about FileMaker. So for us to do that effectively, it would be really nice to know <laughs> where where they're targeting. <laughs> you know what what direction they're thinking about moving in, right? Uh, because it's it's important stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it, yeah. The reason I go to DevCon is not just to ask them, but it's to actually give my opinion and say this is you know. This well, is what too, I, the direction course. I think yeah. you should be going in. You know, for my for my business, this is what would help me. This is what would you know bring happiness to my life to be able to share these tools with other people if they did even more of this and less of this. Is that what's happening in the hot tub? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. After two a.m., that's what's happening. I've always wondered. So yeah. So this- anyway, we're, we're, you know, I'm hopeful. I think you know John and I have spent a lot of time talking about this, and I think we're hopeful and uh, we, we hope that it, that it's that they're shifting their target because really the that Excel kind of idea, a quick easy way to throw your data up on the network and share it with your coworker two cubicles down. I, I just that's just not a market that is all that interesting. I mean, it may exist, but it's certainly not growing. I think that's called Google Docs. Yeah, it's called Google Docs, and, and or it's called Zoho, or it's called um, you know whatever. There's a there's a hundred. Hundred sure. solutions for that. Definitely Dropbox. Yeah, so we really need app creators, and and that's that's what I think FileMaker could be, and I hope it becomes, and that's certainly what GoZinc is all about is yeah. is giving the, the 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 ability to get the best experience on an on an iPhone or an iPad, because although twelve is honestly much faster and and is much better, much more polished, still opening and opening a, a an app uh, or a file over the network. Especially on 3G is not an experience that that you're going to want to do a lot. So having that file locally on the device, where you can open it with or without an internet connection, that's the app experience, yeah. and that's really what GoZinc is targeted at. Is helping. Yep. And then if it senses it has internet, it's like, oh, you have internet. Oh, there's updated stuff. I can get you some new records. Yeah, exactly. that's that's totally it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thanks very much for being on. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Right on, man. Thanks. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> 